Welcome to the Generation Freedom Podcast. I'm Nady, I'm your host, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Houston, Texas. Since starting my private practice, I realized I wanted a platform to share what I've learned on my journey to finding myself and my own freedom in a way that I can't do in session. So I started this podcast as a way to use my voice and expertise to share how I'm learning to improve my wellness and connection to myself every day. This platform is for you if, like me, you're working towards becoming who you truly want to be and the best version of that person. So expect to hear all things mental health, finding life balance, wellness, and interpersonal relationships. I really hope you enjoy the content on this podcast, but please know that what you hear on this platform is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a mental health professional. Okay, let's get started. I am super excited. I love talking about boys. I think this is going to be a fun conversation about dating, about dating coaching, about successes and failures and all that. Sade, good morning. and (laughs) Thank you so much. Good morning. I thought you were kind of going to do the singing thing, like hmm. T-Pain for a second. Good morning, so many good people morning, <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning to you. There you go. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. <laughs> I would love for you to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Sade on Instagram. As my intimacy therapist, I'm actually a licensed marriage therapist in the state of Georgia, but I also do dating coaching. And that specifically came from, I think, two sides of the equation. One was sitting with couples and hearing stories and then kind of feeling like, man, y'all, y'all would have been so much better off if you just had some dating coaching before we got into this. But here we are. And then on the other side, thinking of purity culture, which if any of your listeners grew up in the church or a religious background, then they know what that is. But for everybody else to fill you in, purity culture is, um, wow, what is a short sentence word? (laughs) It's basically a movement that really prioritized abstinence until marriage And I believe that they had some good intentions, but what a lot of people are experiencing now as adults is mostly the shame side that came from it with their sexuality, their bodies, their desires. And so that really has messed people up. Right. By the time you get married, it's like, but I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to have sex. I'm not supposed to like sex. How do you suddenly unlearn or flip the switch? Now it's all of a sudden, okay, because mm-hmm. I'm married, but you never actually learned to enjoy, appreciate how to be sexual. You never got anything. It was always sex is bad. Yeah. And I feel like it affects the ladies more so than the men. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to paint with a broad stroke. And I also want to say that I am going to probably be talking a heteronormative cisgender world. Um, not that it can't affect anyone else. For the men, for the most part, they, they can adjust to the switch. <laughs> like, all right, cool beans, let's do this. Of course um, they can. <laughs> for the ladies though, it's more so reconnecting to their bodies. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Fun fact, I went to abstinence camp as a child. Did you know? Yes, twice. I went twice. I was sent to abstinence camp. Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us more. What? What? What is abstinence camp? How does oh. that work? Oh, it's a situation. It's a whole situation. My mother. My mother did not want to talk to me about sex at all. So instead of talking to me about sex, she sent me to abstinence camp, which 
whose logic I don't know and it was terrible it was terrible both times and I remember coming to her telling her like do you know what they did to us like they showed us they had these presentations they would do and on the slide it would just be all these pictures of STDs and what they what they look like when you're super super infected with something and they would show us these pictures and I remember going home being like that was not okay that was not there we can talk about this like there's no (laughs) yeah it's a camp. You stay overnight, do activities. I This is the first I'm ever hearing of this. It was done by, do y'all it's have, worse I don't know than what I thought. <laughs> I know, right? It's worse than I thought. Do y'all have a 4-H camp? I don't know what you would yeah. call it. You do have 4-H? Yeah. yeah it was well, a, I grew up in Connecticut, so. Gotcha. It was a 4-H program. They just... It was just one of the camps that they offered throughout the summer. I have I have no further comments on that. I, I'm mostly just thrown aback. I'm gonna I'm gonna remind my mother that uh, was it gender separate? Like, did they separate? Mm-hmm. Do they separate the ladies or I guess the girls from the boys? Uh, I don't remember being separated from the boys. I remember. There were probably a couple conversations that were, but a lot of the presentation about marriage and sex was all of us together. And they gave us rings. We got these abstinence rings, which I'm pretty sure I still have mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they were abstinence rings. That's what they call them. We did an oath we took and everything. And my mother would always be checking, where's your ring? Where's your, where's your ring? And I'll be like, ma'am, nobody's, we could have just talked about this amongst ourselves. Like, this is silly. I don't know if this was how much this cost, but I think this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to remind her about that. I still have my ring though. And I told her when I decided to have sex. Oh, I lost my ring. I have it. It's, it's, it's hanging up on my jewelry. I can see it over there. I remember I was, I I got a ring um, from my 13th birthday from a family friend and I remember being in math class, taking a test or like AP Gov or something <laughs> in senior year of high school and then freaking out after the test. I was like, I lost the ring. Oh no, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean for who I am as a person? Wow. Yeah, no, it's something serious. It is something- Exactly. Hence why I do what I do uh same i'm glad i broke free (laughs) same i'm glad i broke free okay so backing up a little bit (laughs) we digress backing up just a bit i do want to know you do marriage counseling already you see a lot of couples so when you decided to do coaching what was the the shift you said okay you guys might have needed a little bit what did you what were you noticing exactly so first of all the difference between therapy and coaching is multiple parts. One is the depth of the work. And two, I would say is probably the pace. And so with therapy, it's a lot of, you know, well, depending on your style of therapy, but for me, it's a lot of going into patterns. It's going into um, the, the why behind things. It's a lot of deep work, especially if there's trauma, it's going to the trauma, Mm -hmm. learning to um, heal what was there, learning self-soothing, all that with coaching though, it is a lot more fast paced and more goal oriented. So with my coaching clients, it's, you need to already have your, you need to already know how your daddy issues come into play basically. <laughs> and you need to already know already have that how to that. navigate through the, the heavy stuff because the second something is triggering in coaching, we can't do coaching work anymore. That's, that's therapy. So a lot of them, I would say, make sure you have your therapist on call while we do this work. Um, And so we set a goal like, hey, I want to work through my mindset around this part of dating or this part of me opening up to this guy that I'm starting to see. And um, yeah, so the shifts came from noticing that a lot of the single folks needed to learn how to choose a partner well so that they don't end up in situations that some of the married folks are in. Oh, that's very interesting to try to avoid some of these Mm. pitfalls probably of relationships, pitfalls of marriage. Let's walk through this. Interesting. So, okay. So 
Are you willing to tell us a little bit about how you do coaching when it comes to dating? Because I, I wonder, and but I hear what you're saying about preparing a little bit differently. Like, let's try to, do, to choose the right partner so that we don't have all this mess in between. So that resonates with me. So like, what's your style or what's your approach when it comes to dating coaching? Yeah. So my dating coaching is online, mostly because I love being able to meet with folks in whatever city or state they're in. So whenever we get started, we set our goals first in the first session. A lot of them are already in a dating, like casual dating relationship or trying to get into one. And so they already know what they're having trouble with, whether it be, um, I really like this guy and I'm having trouble because we have different views on sexuality or it'd be something like, I don't know how to date at all, help. Or <laughs> right, I right, keep right. dating guys that suck. <laughs> right, I can't <laughs> like, I don't know how to choose well. Yeah, okay. we got what we're looking for. And then I like to challenge them. <laughs> so anytime they're talking belief or limiting belief or something that's like, huh, now where did that come from? We pause there, we challenge it. And then we try to replace it with, well, what do you want that to look like? And often the answer is, oh, I never thought about it. I don't know. Totally fine. We're going to think about it right now. Mm -hmm. Let's set up a way to be proactive because I firmly believe in being proactive over reactive in life. That just doesn't work long term. Fully agree. Fully agree. Especially with that last part, the being proactive over reactive. It's a, that's, that's a recipe for a disaster in a lot of cases. Um, that's really interesting, finding out their goals. And sometimes we don't even know what we're looking for. That's part, part of it, because we just want the end result. Like a lot of people are just like, I just want to be married, you know, and that's it. So actually narrowing down your wants and stuff like that. I bet people have a hard time slowing down to do. Yeah, because you know, there's a difference between someone you're compatible with for dating versus someone you're compatible with today and also marry. Interesting. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's a concept, Sade. Hmm. Someone <laughs> you're you're probably mm-hmm. compatible dating, but may be different from someone you're compatible both dating and marrying. Mm-hmm. Huh. So what what what's like the biggest dating mistake then that you see? What's the biggest thing you notice? Incompatibility. I'm gonna say it in the the deep way and then I'm gonna say it in just the blank way. The deep <laughs> way is a lack of integrity and honesty with self and knowing of self. The straightforward way is lying. Stop lying. Like mm. you're lying to yourself. You're lying to the person you're dating. (laughs) You're lying about what you want. You're lying about if something's okay with you or not. You're just lying. Everyone's lying. Right, right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the fancy word I would use would be some some incongruence. There's a little bit of incongruence. Incongruency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the word, the fancy fancy therapy word I would use. Stop lying. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. We got to pr- sprinkle that in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's really what that, I mean, that's the point, right? Like you're trying to find somebody for you. And if you find somebody on a different version of you, that is not true. It's not going to work. Eventually you're going to have to show your cards and be yourself. You can't keep that up for, for long. I think that, mm-hmm. you know what I think it is? Uh, the, the advice that the old folks have given me, it's a two year mark. Like, that's how much time it takes for people to become themselves. What? Two years. As therapists, we know that it takes about two to three years to settle into a little bit more of who you are as people without all the drugs of love and infatuation and sex. But I don't necessarily think that means you have to wait two to three years to get married. But I do think, again, stop lying. Like, at least keep your eyes open. And this is what dating coaching is hopefully serving for people. If you can choose someone based on their character, mm-hmm. rather than just the superficial things, there's a higher chance 
that when that kind of awakening happens on the other side of marriage within those three years or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a higher chance that your partner will still be someone you respect and admire. I was watching on YouTube. There is a, I don't even know what to call them. Hmm. They're basically a channel um, called Jubilee and they produce a lot of social experiment type content, but they had one episode where they had um, one lady or guy in the middle of a circle with their phone. And then they had about 20 singles surrounding them. And so <laughs> it was interesting. They were all on their phone. So they, the conversation was happening through a group chat. But essentially, the main person was narrowing down who they wanted to go on a date with by mm-hmm. asking some questions. Interesting. Via and I think that the participants, yeah, via this group chat, I think the participants were probably between like, you know, 18 to 25. So there's that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's they're they're asking questions and I'm like, oh wow, I would I would nail this. Let's see what they're gonna ask. And it's literally things like, I prefer people between five five and five eight. If you're not, can you please leave the circle? Wow. And then they would leave. Wow. Or it would be like, I like choking during sex. If you don't like that, please leave. Oh my God. Or, children. Children. There were some exactly <laughs> Exactly. There were some super stupid ones like Oh, 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 I love people who are into the arts. So if you don't want a career in the arts, leave. What? Oh, Y'all gotta be kidding oh. me. Y'all gotta be kidding me. So we're not, we're just playing games at this point, right? Like no one actually wants to find someone. Just be, no. just be honest about that. Cause that's like, oh gosh. I, I, <laughs> I feel so, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sad for the future. I I do wonder though, because I'm a single person, like an unmarried type, you know, that type of single unmarried and Mm -hmm. people are always asking me, right, right. Legally. And people are always asking me, you know, like what kind of guy you're looking for and like, what are you looking for? Let me see if I have any friends. Let me see if I have any friends and it'll be, and I'll say, Mm -hmm. I like a nice man. I'd like a kind man and they'll be like no like Mm. what do you want some ambition some this some that and I'm like um that would be cool like I'm not opposed to that at all uh kids no kids whatever hasn't been married hasn't been married doesn't matter I'd like a kind man and I find I repeat myself Mm. like I want a really nice giving generous kind man like that is what I want um and people think that's really weird of me. And that is something I pay mean? really close I, They do. They think it's really odd of me. Like, I'm not asking for enough. And, like, you know, that's how you get stuck. You don't have any standards. I'm like, that is a standard. That is the character of a person. I need a good per. That is what I want. That is the character, the type, whatever. Whatever. That's a great jumping off point. Hmm. I think so. If you already like know, like, you yeah, like if I know like at minimum, you're going to treat people kindly, especially me, and you have good, you know, relationships interpersonally with your friends or family or whatever, you have really good relationships and you treat me well. All right, let us, let's begin. Let's sit down and get started. <laughs> That's really interesting that you say that um, because yeah, I, I do I do think I see a similar thing out in the world just being single of this looking for things that aren't consequential I think in the in the end or even a couple years down the road right in your expertise yeah. an- another question I have is about the apps the dating apps are they a yes are they a no mm. I think the dating apps are a tool. And let me start by saying everyone who's like, there's nobody to date in insert city here. <laughs> right, right. Stop it. Stop it right now. Okay. Because there's so many have the ability to to make knowing a person one dimensional. And so 
you can get really overwhelmed by all the options by, all right, well, he has a mole on his face, so I'm going to swipe left or like X, Y, Z. But if you go in with the intention of modeling what you hope to attract, Mm -hmm. what you hope to manifest, even if you want to speak in that language, Mm -hmm. if you go in with that, you're going to find it because I personally, like I'm not going into all my business, but Mm -hmm. in using dating apps, I have found that when I go in with my energy aligned, I find really cool people. Whether or not we're compatible, again, for long-term dating or marriage, there's still really solid people. Right. But if you are going in with all of your baggage at the forefront or you're just laying there board swiping or you see someone who something in your mind's like, eh, that's probably not the person which you decide to proceed anyway, then you're going to have a horrible time. Right. And if you're a man, I do want to also acknowledge the numbers are not as much in your favor. Mm. But you can still have a great time. Just like go in with the energy that you want to attract. Yeah. And what, and so for those of us, like, let's say I'm an engineer, I think in numbers, I don't know what that means. My feeling it's not, it's not concrete. It's not concrete. I don't know what that means. When you say, make sure my energy matches or my energy is aligned, I'm trying to attract what, what, Mm. what does that look like person to person? Yeah. Yeah. I've got you. That looks like mean what you say, say what you mean, be honest about who you are Mm. and to the best of your ability, bring out the traits of you that are are awesome, that you're proud of yourself for having, Um, but also be honest about things that might be your weaknesses or might be things you're still growing in. For example, let's make it real simple. Because apparently a lot of guys, at least in Georgia, I don't know what's going on in Texas. A lot of guys like to post pictures with a fish. I don't know. Um, Me, myself, I don't really like fishing. But if I were to enter that and say like, oh, well, he's really attractive. So I'm going to say, oh my God, is that a snapper? Stop. I love snappers. I just, fish are like my passion. (laughs) What, what even? What are you doing? What That's are you not going to work because I just lied about who I am, right? Um, you just lied, period. And the other thing, hmm. when, yeah, when when you create a profile that shows you have like minimal effort or time to devote to dating, you're going to attract similar folks. Mm. Who also have minimal time <laughs> to, to devote, huh? Right, that and so- now you're upset two months later because you're like, they don't have time for me. Okay. <laughs> Facts. They, they didn't in the first place. They weren't planning to have time. So the way I see that play mm. out, if I if I use the dating apps that I've seen, so that would look like if... If you see the if you see the person that doesn't have anything at all written in their bio and maybe they have two pictures, mm-hmm. minimal effort. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, or if you see somebody like that, like with the snapper, like for me, I post pictures with my cats and that's kind of like air quote, my, my weed out <laughs> kind of picture. I post like pictures of the cats. Mm-hmm. So if somebody messages me, you know, talking about like, oh, I don't really, I don't really like cats but yours look really cute or like I don't know I should take that as like a mm, like mm-hmm. I don't either. like he may not be aligned with what he wants if he already knows he doesn't like cats and you see this girl like proudly <laughs> proudly flaunting them but you know you don't mess with cats how's it like let's just let's just yeah get right over there's too many people there's so many people it's, you don't need that in your fluid life. experience though mm-hmm. yeah it's fluid because um you know, there's, <laughs> if you have someone who parts of their profile don't fully resonate with you, or you're not sure if you would enjoy it, I still think there's some goodness in giving it a try because what you don't want to do is just try to date a copy version of yourself. Ah. However, you have to maintain who you are at all points during the dating process. So if they say, you know, I want, I'm really adventurous and, you know, let's, what's it called when you hang gliding? Oh God. (laughs) Let's go hang gliding. 
there there's a benefit to saying oh that's out of my comfort zone let me try it or you know what I really don't think that would be great for me either way be in honesty in the Uh, same way with when you create your profile put pictures that reflect your life if you are not adventurous if you know most of your time is sitting on the couch watching Netflix why are you going to post all pictures of you at concerts and festivals and stuff if that's not the majority of your lifestyle or even just what you like to do for the most part like if those were not your real your real deal things that you love to do interesting that is a that is a different nuance to it right like being honesty all the time I don't love these things or I would be interested in trying it I've never done that before versus oh my god I love fishing yeah totally let's go girl I told him I know how to fish now I gotta take lessons girl you know like that kind of thing right (laughs) right right Wow. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that is a different, a different way to attack the scene because I agree that there are a lot of good people and there are a lot of opportunities for connection. Even if like what you said earlier, maybe this is a person that you're meant to date, spend some time with, learn from, and y'all have a really good relationship. It may not be the person you're meant to marry, but you may be able to find just really cool vibes, really cool connections with people along the way that don't feel like you're wasting your time. By that, what I meant is, you know, dating kind of has, uh, I'm going to oversimplify this. Dating maybe has two or three compartments. You've got attraction, enjoy spending time together, and then, you know, maybe enjoy the types of conversations, stimulating conversation you might have. Marriage has almost limitless areas, depending on what your marriage structure looks like. So it's all of those of dating, plus the ability to co-parent if that's your choice, Mm. plus the ability to manage finances together, plus aligned vision or goals for where you want to live. Like if one of you wants to travel around in a van and the other wants to live in a high rise in New York City, that's Mm. not going to work. Plus, 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 right? Like marriage has to hold so much more weight and compatibility Mm-hmm. And dating does. And so there might be someone I really, really enjoy, or you really, really enjoy as a dating partner that you see, what, like two, three times a week, one or two times a month, depending on your lifestyle. But once it starts moving over into can we meet each other's needs in a marital relationship? If the answer is no, then that's not a person compatible for marriage. And that's why I say just like consistent honesty, integrity, congruency, like checking in with yourself Mm. and being honest. If you realize, okay, you're a person that wants marriage Mm -hmm. at some point along the dating process, you realize this person can't marry you. Please do not try to force that person to become the the person in your head. Just go ahead and say, oh, okay, well then we're, we're dating and we're going to enjoy this. And at some point this relationship may expire or we will grow out of it stop making up the idea that it's gonna all of a sudden like you can change them into who you'd want to marry you know what I mean oh heavens you know they'll change their mind he'll come around (laughs) that kind of thing Ooh, ooh. I'm going to take away this whole being in honesty and incongruence thing I think that that is such a good point and I am going to literally take that away it's one of those uh for agreements to Mm, mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. be impeccable with your word Mm -hmm. that is so so important like be true to you be honest in you even if that changes just be honest about it like don't the more you hide from yourself the more you hide from other people again recipes for disaster Mm. yeah oh my I like that a lot I really do I wonder also about what do you think people need to know about their dating mindset or what what shift maybe do they need to make to find more success in dating? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think part of this is seeing, reframing what success means for dating. If you see success as I got this person to fall in love with me, you're going to be really disappointed most of the time. Mm. 
versus if you can let your success be, I showed up to this state 100% myself. I was honest with who I am. I enjoyed who I am. I allowed myself to know another person, get to know them versus just trying to fit them against the, the, the dream in my head. Like I truly felt honored by time with another human and I enjoyed them. And that's the success. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's another day after just like that. And that's the success. And then there's another date and communication fades off and neither of you is super interested or maybe you really were and they're not. It can be really easy to see that as a failure or what should I do differently or how do I keep them? That relationship seems to have expired in the sense that, you know, if you want someone who desires to continue on the path with you and this person is showing that they don't want to continue that path, to me, that's a success. Like, thank you for letting me know. Thank you for, you know, excusing yourself before even more of me was invested. That's a success. And now I can maybe grieve a little bit mm. the idea of what I wanted and that's not happening, but then pick myself up and get back out there. Right, right. Knowing that I have the space again to find the real person. Mm. Yeah. If you get a wedding ring, an engagement, a beautiful marriage um, ceremony, but it's not with a person that you can actually build a decades long marriage with, that doesn't sound like success to me. Like you won nothing. Yeah, at all. You just got, you got the pretty pictures. You got the party. But then. Yeah. What's left? Yeah, what exactly? And that's the question to ask when you're discerning between someone as a dating partner versus a dating and a marriage partner mm-hmm. is what else do we have other than our chemistry? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. What else? That's a hard question. Right. What else do we have other than our chemistry? Such as? Such as, um, let's say both of you are, you know, vegan, vegetarian. You really care about sustainability, about, you know, leaving this planet better than when we arrived on it. You really care about serving in community, nonprofit organizations, giving back, both of you share that value. You have a life now that you can live alongside each other. And that'll always give you something to kind of magnetize back to in connection. Mm. Or maybe it's that you guys are completely different in your personalities and, and what you do for a living and all that, but you both really desire um, to create a beautiful family or you really both have a shared passion for I don't know hiking or something if there's something else that can bring you back to a center then you don't have to worry about like when the storms blow and attraction or chemistry isn't as strong now your relationship's falling apart Mm. because you have something else you have multiple anchors and for some people it's faith Like they want to be able to have a shared faith or view of spirituality. That's what I mean by what else. I like that way to think too. That's a really good one to evaluate with somebody you're currently with. So those that aren't um, specifically like single, single right now and looking, those that are in relationships, Mm -hmm. that's a really good way to kind of gauge what the quality of your relationship is and maybe seek to improve upon it or or find a new person if ultimately that's that's what it means but definitely seeking to improve upon it and having those anchors I like that word too anchors to to stand on with your partner Mm. oh love that I love that so (laughs) I, I really do I would love also, those were all really good, but if you have any more, like just your 
like your key tips to having this any type of dating success like whatever your definition uh each individual person's definition of dating success is what are your like key things like top three top five um even though you've given us many 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 keys and gems today okay so number one know who you are please know who you are know what kind of foods you like what you would do if you had an extra three hours free in your day. Um, know what you truly lights you up, what kind of turns off your light. Know all of that about yourself. Um, know your worth. I think that goes in there too. When you know who you are and you can stand firmly in that, you don't need someone else to um, validate or hold that for you. And so you're going to be able to choose a higher quality partner for you versus trying to find someone who can help you feel better about yourself or help you not feel um, like you hate life. Right. Right. So that's the, that's the biggest one. That's a non-negotiable for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Two, this one I'm, I'm feeling kind of hesitant on. So I'm like, lean into it and then unpack it okay um it depends what you want out of a relationship right so after you're when you're honest with yourself if you're wanting a long-term relationship a little bit of time and space before you dive into sex and here's why mm-hmm. sex is like super powerful <laughs> and bonding and amazing if you know you're having fun with it but it really is something that connects people together and makes them feel closer and there are a lot of people who have stayed in relationships they should have gotten out of mm-hmm. because the sex was bomb so however much time suits you you know for some folks that might be one or two dates for some people that might be until they have a relationship status for some people that's marriage you do you but If you can hold off on entering the sexual part until you have a clarity, and that's what this is for, it's for clarity, a clarity of this is who I am, this is who I'm learning this person to be, and this is how I think we we interact. You need that clarity to decide if this is someone that long-term is going to be worth pursuing, if that's what you want. So if someone you're dating them and they make you feel like drained and depleted after every date, or you notice you're really bored, or you notice they're talking and you would rather just make out or immediately go to sex, you're going to be like, oh, wow. I don't think I actually like this person. I think they're Uh just attractive. Right. Uh Mm Uh-oh. The... This person feels like, I don't know why they're just so negative and I don't want to be with that. Or yeah, this, I, yeah, no, this, (laughs) anything that I had for them before is gone now, whatever it may be. Or you might notice that I, yeah, yeah, I definitely really, really, really like them. But when you can hold off on sex, it just gives you a little bit more clarity. Now, if you are wanting hookups, I mean, you do, you, you don't just don't listen to anything I've just said. Right, right, right. But if you want that long-term connection, that's my thought. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Very good. Number three is look for your shared values. Look for your shared values. doesn't matter necessarily what they are, but if you don't have shared values, you're going to get in trouble later on in the relationship and it's going to fall apart. And even values, I like what you said earlier, Nadie, like even values about how you treat treat people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if, if one of you here okay let's say <laughs> this is a dumb example but let's say you get a phone call from a relative that's just not your favorite person in the world how would either of you handle that there's no right or wrong answer mm. but if your partner picks up the phone and they go like what the f do you want or whatever right is is that okay with you 
No. If it is, cool. <laughs> no. But if you would rather that be like, hey, you know, I'm really busy right now, or you notice they have boundaries, or you know, all life. Does that make sense? It does. That that does. That's a really good one. That's a good way, an exercise to think about it in too. Like when it comes to your values, now think of a scenario where there's some conflict. How would you like your person to be able to mm-hmm. do that? Ooh, ooh, hot fire flames, hot fire flames. Yeah. Big deal. Wow. Yeah, I've really found like most, a lot of my attraction is cultivated and expanded by how my partner treats conflict. We're human, we're gonna mess up sometimes, but if their baseline around conflict is one where they're able to be um, level, to still consider others' feelings and opinions and to do their best to not wound, but to seek um, healing and togetherness in conflict, mm-hmm. that's super sexy. Yeah. yeah. But if they get into conflicts and the first thing they want to say is like, oh, well, bitch, you don't know. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, ooh, sir. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Young man. Young man. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> Let me stop you. Right there. Let me grab my things. <laughs> Let me grab my <laughs> Have you seen my keys? <laughs> right. Where are my keys? Where are my keys? Exactly. No, sir. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. I think that seeking and instead of instead of wanting to win, I think is can you know can sometimes mm. be it's like you gotta you know, you have to know what, what you're looking for there. Cause I know my, mine would probably be more like the, the person that shuts down is even more of, uh, like an issue for me than even the angry person sometimes. Although that angry person is not, is not for me either, but I think I resonate more with like, if, if you get in conflict and your response is usually to retreat, always to retreat, 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 that is hard for me. Oh. and I have to pay attention to that and not try to you know like change the oh person. interesting yeah like changing the person or like oh it should be like this and you need to be reacting like this I need to understand like if this is who they are am I okay with it or not you know yes because here's the thing you can't change them first of all Mm-mm. but even more so than that you need someone and this is I think the biggest quality that is helpful to look for in a partner you can trust that they're going to figure out a way to be the best person in the relationship that they can be. They don't need you to help guide them to it. They're going to do it themselves. Oh, because that's so good. I've never said that explicitly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Like even if they don't, they do have an issue with shutting down a little bit. If they are the type of person that says, babe, I realize that I do this. That's not Okay. Um, my session with my therapist is next week, or I'm talking to my friends about it, or I'm working on it. Like, can you hold me accountable? Any of that stuff that shows growth that they're going to handle it without me needing to be their mom or their babysitter, like that, mm-hmm. that's what you want. Cause again, young man, <laughs> <laughs> I am not your mother. I can't like, that's not, I don't think that's the partner's job. In either case, I don't think that is the partner's job at all to change their their partner or to try to convince them to prioritize the relationship, try to convince them to want the best for for you and each other. Like that's that you can't convince people. No, like you need want to do it. Responsibility, and you know what is sad? R and B. <laughs> not R and B. Look, okay, so teach me by music, soul child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Men love, just- but that's what they want. They be acting like that. I mean, this could be cynical. <laughs> this very cynical version of myself, but that is a thing. You know, I feel like I see it all, all the time across the internet. Every Somebody's mad at somebody's wife because she babied him and she did, you know, and treated him like her son. Like, There's like- mutual responsibility here because it it really is a feedback loop because what we have is um, women who are continuously playing the role of mother Mm. while also saying, 
I hate it, men ain't shit. I don't like when he blah, blah, blah. Okay, but you're perpetuating that cycle. Let's just go ahead and be honest about that. And two, when we don't allow partners to step into that space and learn how to take responsibility and hold them accountable um, when they don't, then it's going to continue. They're not going to get the chance to figure it out. And by hold accountable, I don't mean nagging. Let me make that clear. Right. (laughs) You sitting here nagging like, you always do this, you don't do that. And now I'm talking about dating specifically. But if your partner is not able to be a partner, I'm genuinely curious. Why are we still in this relationship? Mm. Like, if you can answer that question honestly, please, by all means, continue. But if you notice a pattern that is not going to sustain long-term love, why on earth are you planning a wedding right now? Yeah. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> so many things. There can there can really be so but I think it can be it can be a lot simpler. Like I think we make it complicated, more complicated than it has to be. I, like you like you were saying I think the biggest thing is being honest with ourselves we start right there knowing our our own wants and needs and not trying to make somebody else fit into that there are there is a person for that mm-hmm. they're already set up with it they're ready they're waiting for you don't there's no need to try to change this other person to make them into this ideal that you have mm. just seek it out and set them free when they are not the one yeah, there's a little bit of fear and scarcity that goes with that too, especially now since, you know, the average age of marriage is climbing. Oh yeah, I believe it. Um, and a lot of people are single in their late 20s, 30s, mid 30s, 40s that they didn't expect to be. I I just still have hope. I really do. Right. Right. I have hope for, for most people. I have hope for most people. Jesus, she said most people. Most people. <laughs> most people. I do. I have hope for them. I really, really do. I think that the there is a, this could probably be a whole nother conversation, but I think there is a little bit to the mindset of like, I can't, I have to wait to live my life until I'm married. I have to wait, wait, wait until I find uh, my forever person. That kind of uh, sometimes at least I've noticed <clears throat> with clients and and specifically with women that it's almost like I can't do I'm stuck in limbo because I haven't found my person and that worries me as they like you said as the marriage age like climbs and we're single for longer and stuff like that um, that people aren't allowing themselves to live their best lives because of because of that that scarcity mm. mindset that I won't find what I want. I actually think there's been more of a a swing in the other direction lately. I see more people that are just like, I don't need no man. I'm going to get out here and do me, you know, with this hyper independence. And that humans are made for interdependence. We're made right. to be we're social. Yeah, we're made to be even the, the biggest of introverts still want meaningful relationships with someone they can trust and unwind with so your desire to have a partner your desire to connect with someone that you love that's not a bad desire that's awesome please still want that but like part of what attracts that partner is the presence of fullness in life if you are living in a state of well on the top little abstract like just this kind of low hum of depressive, not not clinical depression, let's be clear, but just kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I can't, I never, it'll always be this way. Everything sucks. Victim mindset. Yeah. I can't, I won't, it won't, it'll never, right. That's not sexy. Like, can you imagine? Just put you, everyone listening, put yourself in the position that you go on a date with someone. You're feeling pretty good. You had a good day. You know, you're wearing your favorite panties, whatever. And the person across from you, they're attractive. Okay. Got something. Okay. With the fit, like the shoes, very nice. You sit down across from them at dinner and then you say, oh, wow, I'm really glad we got a chance to meet up. And they say, 
yeah, it never really gets this far. No one ever really wants to go out. Mm. Mood okay. goes mood goes down. <laughs> mood goes down. Mood and you goes. keep going and let's say it picks up a bit. And at the end, you're walking. Do people still walk people to doorsteps? You should. You're walking mm-hmm. to your doorstep or your car door. And you kind of are interested in a kiss. And they just go, okay, well, thanks. You know, hopefully you'll text me back. And they walk away. And you're standing there like, what? A mess. And that person was living out of feeling like no one really wants me. This is just going to end in her ghosting me again. So what's the point of trying? Um, Why even kiss her? Because, well, they're just so lost in their self-limiting beliefs that they didn't notice that you were open to kissing them like that's what we do to ourselves right jesus christ young man what did you come out here for (laughs) yeah exactly we do that though or or you get the ladies who go to the anxious end where Mm -hmm. we sit down to eat now and now everyone pretend you're the the guy in the situation you sit down you're like oh she's beautiful wow this is great and she goes yeah this is amazing you know i just i really feel like I really feel like you could, like, how many kids do you want? I think <laughs> the one, like, I'm, a, I'm just a romantic. And, you know, after that date, he chooses to still move forward because he likes you. And you text him <laughs> 10 times without him responding. That's an exaggeration. Right. But needing, craving, so desperate for him to lean in with you that you're not even allowing the relationship to unfold like both of those right yeah both of those are versions of it girl i am shaking and stirred i definitely (laughs) i am shaking because i actually had uh my self-disclosure for the day i probably self-disclosed already but was it facebook dating i tried some newer um dating app i want to say it was facebook dating and if i tell you i was chit-chatting with a young with a young man and was probably said something like what you said like this is really cool like look at that because i think we facetimed because we weren't it was Mm kind of like high covid and we weren't really um meeting in person as soon as i would normally do that so we were facetime i was like look at us facetiming little (laughs) virtual date like cute cute and he was like yeah you know because a lot of times y'all be acting like you know y'all mad about this and girls always angry about this and then i i kid you not i think it was like a good three minute rant on how angry women were after i said isn't this nice us us doing a little virtual date oh he missed it he missed it girl oh no and i was like uh, uh, (laughs) i was like uh uh well did i come across anger or did you i Uh, okay (laughs) yeah yeah so I say that to say that sounds like a real thing (laughs) to me because heavens heavens what are you doing come here be in this moment over here with me yeah like this current moment that we're in so I don't know it's it, it is really wild out here in these streets but I do hope that somebody gathers a lot of the good stuff and the different uh, approaches that you were talking about today, because I don't know, I do think like a, a slight shift in the mindset. Like, I don't think it takes all that. Like, I don't think it takes all the Kevin Samuels of the world mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. all that drama to find a dating success and your definition of success in dating. I think it, it's these small nuances and these yeah. shifts that I think will be, will help people find their people and, even just open up to opportunities that they may have been missing you know so I appreciate all of the all of the things that you've given us today Mm. I do have one more question though yes one more question now the platform over here on generation freedom is all about life balance it's all about wellness so I do want to ask you I teach my clients about 12 dimensions of wellness and when it comes to dating and stuff what dimensions or even just one that you feel like is most relevant and important when it comes to this dating success and um, 
this world mm-hmm. and then also if you want to tell me your personal ones too that's fine as well <laughs> they're all important i know i know good night um mm. can i choose multiple of course of course okay so for dating in general mm-hmm. definitely emotional mm. um definitely social and then sexual, and I will even use the word sensual too. Because want sensuality. Yeah, sensuality is where you're, how you embody outside of even the bedroom. But so yeah, definitely those for dating, those just all play into each other to help you find passion or that kind of deep connection that makes you want to be mm. around someone. Mm-hmm. Um. And then for me personally, yeah, girl, all of the above. Um, so I, the spiritual one, I am someone who faith is really big to me. But even for those of y'all who faith is not really central to your life, spiritual has to do with that soul level connection, not just within yourself, but to the divine, to God, to other human beings around you Mm -hmm. um and i think the spiritual connection for me fuels my ability to see someone for who they are and embrace them for who they are and have compassion for for just their their being if that makes sense it does um and uh, spirituality, I think, is is super important. Obviously, like you said, I think all these areas of your life are important. But I think the spirituality, if you're not a religious, air quote, religious person, per se, it's the connection to something greater than you, connection to the next person. Um, yeah. I, I if our world was more connected, I think as a whole, this world has like shut off spirituality or seen it that's stupid or that's really woo-woo or you know, really getting to that debate of, oh, God doesn't exist or whatever they want to get fixated on. But I think our world as a whole would be more healed if there was a spiritual fountain just like running through it. I sound real like abstract right now. Let me get more. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, even the spirituality of earth, our earth is dying right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to see... (laughs) Pocahontas. Come on. <laughs> like colors of the wind. wind. Come on. It's like that you think works. you own whatever land you land. You know what I mean? Like the earth right. is just a dead thing. A dead thing you can claim. But I I know that every rock and tree <laughs> they have a life. They have a spirit. They have a spirit and a name. They have a name. Wow. They, they really do. <laughs> real talk real talk if you could see the spirit of the world that's around you you will treat yourself others and this planet with more respect more love more giving more caring and that's really what i'm all about trying to tell you (laughs) trying to tell you because it's just like that bait just the simplest like namaste you know like the light Mm -hmm. in me recognizes the light in you that i'm i'm a believer i'm a believer in the spiritual Mm -hmm. It is very grounding and really just, I think that without leaning into your your spiritual well-being, it does disconnect you even more from other people. It disconnects you more from, again, those romantic ties that you're trying to, to develop connecting with somebody if you don't view yourself as a vessel for connecting. If you can't mm. see that you are a part of of this person like even if you just met that person you've become a part of this and now it's a part of this bigger network and whatever whatever like you said it's woo woo but it's true so so there so there those of you yeah that's my truth (laughs) (laughs) it it is what it is so there you go again I appreciate your time so so much (laughs) I really enjoyed your insights today how can the people find you where where are you working? Can they work with you? Give us some details. Yes. So 
Um, I have two different channels. My Intimacy Therapist, um, you can find that on Instagram. Um, my podcast is called My Intimacy Therapist and my website is also, also called My Intimacy Therapist. And that's where I dive into how to basically maintain the relationship once you're in it. But for dating coaching um, on st- Instagram at Shade Giovanni, which neither of those are spelled the way they sound. So hopefully you have that in the show notes for the people. <laughs> yeah, I have links to your Instagram pages and links to your uh, website that so people can can find you and interact with you and continue to learn from you. Yes. Yeah. Thank awesome. you.